Hey listeners, before we get to our regular show, I have an exciting announcement about our next live show, Together for the Rant, The Last Laugh. Now this doesn't mean it's our last live show ever, it means that it is connected to the last Together for the Gospel conference ever, thus The Last Laugh. It will be Monday, April 18th at 7pm at Sojourn New Albany, Sojourn Church, New Albany, Indiana. Now you might be thinking, T4G is in Louisville. Indiana is a different state. Those don't sound very close together. In reality, New Albany is about a 10-minute drive from where T4G takes place just across the river there, so very close by. Again, Monday, April 18th, 7 p.m., we will have two different ticket options. We have a standard $20 ticket option. That just means you get to attend and enjoy two live recordings and a Q&A and hanging out with us. Or we have a $45 premium ticket option, which there's a limited quantity of these, up to 50 That will include an exclusive Last Laugh t-shirt and some other goodies designed by our good friend Josh Byers, who does all of our swag and all of our merch for us. So again, $20 or $45, including a t-shirt, some stickers, other goodies. You can find all of this at thehappyrant.com. It's at thehappyrant.com. Look for the live show link. You can buy your tickets there. You can select premium or standard. We would love to see you Monday, April 18th, 7 p.m. for Together for the Rant, The Last Laugh. Now, enjoy the podcast. This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend and my partner in sports talk radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, it has been a hot minute since we have done a sports program and we don't have scads of time this morning, uh, but we have a lot to talk about. Um, including the fact that baseball is coming back. We have some NBA stuff to get to, but that will be its own episode because there has been monumental quarterback market movement already in the NFL. And I'm sure by the time this publishes, other dominoes will have fallen. Uh, But we have a couple of big trades to talk about. Trades are fun. Uh, Player for player trades are fun. Player for pick trades are fun. And we got some big ones that are going to kind of inform what the rest of the landscape does. So let's get into these. I want to hear your opinion on... The Russell Wilson trade. So Seattle ships out Russell Wilson. They let Bobby Wagner go. It looks like they're embracing a rebuild, despite the fact that Pete Carroll's like 72 years old. Um, But he seems like the kind of 72-year-old that's hitting the anti-aging clinic. Probably his bloodstream is like two-thirds HGH at this point. And or they just plug him into a wall at night, and uh, he kind of like comes back to life the next morning. Uh, he doesn't seem normal. I think that's true from an energy standpoint. I'm not sure that's true from a, like keeping up with the, the kind of the, the NFL trends, you know, he part one of, he just seems like a crusty old man a little bit when it comes to like how we want to run offenses and like, he just has sort of this like, ah, but, but we need to run the ball 70% of the time. And you're like, Pete, this isn't. This isn't 1997 anymore. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that a minute in light of Russell Wilson going to Denver. So I want to know 
how good you think Russell Wilson actually still is. Also, what kind of offense does he actually run? You know, because Seattle has been kind of this exercise in running the ball a lot with our running backs and then just sort of letting Russell Wilson do jailbreak, run around and make something happen stuff in the passing game, which, to be fair, worked really well for them up until a certain point. You know, you could make the argument that the the goal line interception in the Super Bowl kind of broke that team and maybe broke Russell Wilson. Uh, but Denver is... Denver has made this deal kind of from the perspective of he's still an elite quarterback. He puts us in the Super Bowl conversation. How good do you think he actually is? I mean, I... So those seem like those seem like questions that you can't answer apart from one another. How yeah. good is he actually, and what kind of offense does he run? Um, I think from a like a physical talent and just sort of quarterback capacity game, he's probably still top five to seven in the league. Yeah. Um, I think I think their offense. Well, I mean, what has Seattle's offense been? They've been through. He, he's probably played under what four or five offensive coordinators, yeah. all under Pete Carroll. They they've tried to go more West Coast, more whatever. These mm-hmm. all these different versions. I it seems to me. So you remember before Matt Lafleur went to Green Bay, yeah. um, that Aaron Rodgers was becoming washed up. Yeah, uh, it was just him trying to create plays in this stagnant offense. Yeah. A lot of what you hear about Russell Wilson, sure. you know, they had an old crusty coach who didn't make any changes, so they got rid of him. And then they brought in LaFleur and it looked a little iffy. He was, you know, he was inexperienced, whatever. Then over the course of about a year and a half to two years, by the end of his second season with Rodgers, you're like, oh, this really works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Rodgers, Rodgers can run this offense. You know, this is like professional race car driving steering of this offense kind yeah. of thing. I could see, you know. That's that's best case scenario for Wilson is like he appears to be washed up because he's in a dumb system yeah. that's badly coached and executed. Yeah. Goes to a place where there's good offensive talent around him. They have a decent offensive yeah. line, solid skill position players, you know, depth at the wide receiver yep. core, and a coach who has come from that Green Bay system. Yeah. So I don't know that it's going to look exactly the same, but let's say it's built kind of the same. He can do what Aaron Rodgers does. He's not Aaron Rodgers, right. but he can do it. You know, he can do 90% of what Aaron Rodgers can yeah. do. Yeah. And 90% of what Aaron Rodgers can do is good enough to get that team, like, to compete in a really tough division. Yeah. Po- you know, yeah. P- potential Super Bowl if everything breaks right. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're on there. And it, it kind of speaks to offensive coaching philosophy as much as anything. And I think working with Hackett will be good for him. You know, I... I grew up in an era where I was watching Joe Montana kind of get the ball out on rhythm. And that was sort of the greatest good. You know what I mean? That that was viewed as like the best thing you could do as a quarterback is run the offense, get the ball out on rhythm. But then you have these guys like Kyler Murray who can't do anything on rhythm. And Russell Wilson, who seems like he kind of can. And... But they they do these really magical kind of wow things every once in a while, too. So, yeah, I think putting Wilson into an offense with a little more structure, to your point, like it actually allowed 
you know, Aaron Rodgers to flourish the last couple of years. And I yeah. can see the same thing. Happen. Especially, especially as athletic ability starts to kind of, or mobility yeah. anyway, starts to diminish, but they still got a great arm and a great mind. Right. That kind of offense really works for them. And Russell Wilson has played in some straight up timing kinds of offenses. He has. Like mm-hmm. he, 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 well, he was at what? I think North, uh, was it North Carolina state yeah. and then transferred to Wisconsin for his last year of football. And Wisconsin is the most like eye formation under center yeah. passing game is about timing and play right. action. And he's the best quarterback Wisconsin has ever yeah. had that, that one year. The only reason he didn't go in the first round is because he's five ten, yeah. and he he's he can do he can do anything skill wise. Yeah. I don't think Seattle used him. I think they gave him too much freedom yeah. and not enough. Structure. Let's channel what you're what you're really good. Yeah. At. Do you think I have two Russell Wilson questions? Do you think Denver overpaid for him? Um. Okay. So I'm going to make a comparison here that I've discovered in the last couple months. Mm-hmm. So. I mentioned on our previous podcast, Lauren and I have been house hunting <laughs> and we've come to, to realize that there's no such thing as a, like a price for a yeah. house. There is what you are willing to pay for a house. How much is it worth That's to right. you? Um, and so there's asking price, which is sort of the baseline off of which things mm-hmm. go, but some people are going to pay a hundred thousand over asking in a market like Nashville or yeah. whatever. Quarterbacks are like mm-hmm. that. There isn't a price for quarterbacks. So, cause I think that the flip side is, okay, did they overpay? They paid a yeah. lot. But if they didn't have Russell Wilson, they would have Drew Locke, yeah. which means they're absolutely last place in that. Yeah, you're division. punting on the season at that point. And and okay, and if they don't get Russell Wilson, who do they get? They get they go out and trade for Kirk Cousins. Okay, you're still last place in that division. Yeah. You go out and trade for Carson still Wentz. You're place. still last place in that division. You draft um, uh, let's Kenny see, Pickett or. Yeah, yeah, Malik you, Willis. Pick it, I mean, even yeah. like say they luck into Malik right. Willis, still last place in that mm-hmm. division. Like it was one of those situations where, without Wilson, they have a pretty well structured team that's going nowhere. Yeah. So how how do you overpay for that? Yeah, no, I get that, and I think it, especially in that division, which is so quarterback saturated. I mean, you have arguably you know three of the best quarterbacks in the league in that division in Justin Herbert and uh and Mahomes and Derek Carr. I mean uh, Russell Wilson still might be the fourth best quarterback in that division but at least he gets them closer. You know, he's not Drew Locke. And and he's he's in a tier with those right. guys. Like on any given day he's better than the other guys. Yeah, that's that, right. Like they might have a if they, if they have a slightly less game and he has a great right. game, he's better than Justin Herbert on his best yeah. day on in that situation. That doesn't mean he's better over the course of a season, but now they can go toe to toe with those teams and they just couldn't under any other quarterback circumstance available right Yeah, now. no, you're right. And it's a good time to do it because we don't exactly know what the Raiders are going to be under McDaniels. Um I'm still not completely sold on the Brandon Staley experience with the Chargers. Like I know that Herbert is uber talented and super fun to watch, but you know, he might get held back there in certain ways. And um, I think it was a good time to do it. And it's fun to see trades like this. It will make the draft experience a lot more interesting for Seattle people and Seattle fans. And um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the immediate term in Seattle. Like if they draft one of these quarterbacks or they just kick the can down the road with Drew Locke for a year or two and and see. 
um, what next year looks like. Man, I feel like they have to draft a quarterback because otherwise they're just they're just the Broncos. They're just the the Texans. Yeah. They're just one of these. I mean, the Texans are a total dumpster fire. Yeah. But like a team with some decent talent around, you know, there and and no chance at being yeah. good. Now, may, maybe they're fine with that in the short run because they have some salary issues. They're in a division with the defending Super Bowl champions and the almost Super Bowl contending Niners and so forth. So maybe they're just like, yeah, being bad is fine for yeah. now. But it's hard to stomach. For no, me. it is. It really is, especially in today's NFL. You know, I think there was a time where, you know, probably our childhoods where you would talk about a rebuild in terms of a three or four year process, but people have you know, they don't have that kind of attention span anymore. And you have to be appearing to turn to turn your team around immediately in order to like appease yeah. the fan bases in, in different places. So I wanna And Pete Carroll is old as Yeah, part. that's right. His window is is short just by nature of how old he is. So I wanna kinda talk about the Washington thing in light of that. So Washington perceives themselves as having this elite defense, although it didn't play that great last year, I think they perceive themselves as having this like elite skill group on offense, although they didn't play that great last year. So they go out and get Carson Wentz, and they didn't give up a ton for him. And in fact, the Colts were so disillusioned with Carson Wentz that they sent a two of their own in the deal just to have Washington take his terrible contract away. Um, so the Colts now need a quarterback. So there's the what do they do question. And then there's the like, why did Washington do this question? I mean, is Ron Rivera just viewing Carson Wentz through like 2017 glasses and kind of hoping for for that experience? Because from where I sit, he hasn't played good in a long time. Uh, he doesn't really move the needle for Washington. The only argument you could make for it is that the quarterback situation, the quarterback landscape in that division is so bleak. Maybe they feel like he gives them something and he gives them the potential to be the second best quarterback in the division after Dak Prescott, given that you've got Daniel Jones, who's bad, Jalen Hurts, who I think is bad, um... I don't know. Where, how are you viewing this if you're a, a, a Washington fan? So I was having this conversation with a guy yesterday, and we were talking about there's a group of quarterbacks who every team that has them wants someone else, and then they're excited to get the someone else, and then after a year they want somebody else. And <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's it's Jimmy Garoppolo, it's Kirk Cousins, it's Carson yeah. Wentz, it's um, there's probably two or three other guys kind of in that tier. Yeah. And it's like, so you have them and you're like, from the outside, they are perceived as pretty solid. I mean, look at their numbers. Carson Wentz, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, like good numbers. And if you have them, you're like, gross. Give me a real quarterback. This guy's frustrating. You know, well, because Cousins has even better. I mean, I think Cousins has played better than Wentz, but even so, like there's just sort of a tier of these quarterbacks. So if you have, I think Washington, you're actually watching the games every week and you're seeing what it actually is, you know? Yeah, and and you're and what you're doing is talking yourself into the Jimmy G situation. Is if everything around this goes really well, we can make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. That's the Jimmy G reality. Under you know as you know two or three times with the Forty ers yeah. like uh, 
NFC Championship game because of good defense, good skill position players, yep. you know, well-called offense all the way up until the fourth quarter of most yep. games. Um, you know, as a Vikings fan, I can tell you that's exactly what you hope for with Cousins. You need everything else to break right and him to not screw yeah. It up. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then and then when they keep screwing it up, you're like, give me a different guy. I don't like this guy. So I think Washington just, you know, they had they had whatever one game of Fitzpatrick and then or a couple games of Fitzpatrick and then he got injured and then they realized Taylor Heineke's at best a decent backup. Yeah. We've got to get a starter. Yeah. So they go out and get him. I don't think they overpaid for him because an NFL quality starter who can put up decent numbers yeah. is has value. Yeah. Like we were talking about with Wilson. Like what what is overpaying for a quarterback? I don't know. I promise you they're going to be disappointed in him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. He, now, granted, this year that division might be mediocre enough that they might come out at the top of the division with like ten wins. Yeah. They might be ten and seven and win the division. Yeah. You know, and uh, and if that's the case, I mean, I think the Cowboys should be favored in that division. Yeah. I think the Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts, is a wild card. I don't think he's very mm-hmm. good, but he's he's unique. Yeah, he's unique. So that's fun, yeah. I guess. Um, and so yeah, I think I think it. It's one of those moves that's like, okay, I get why they did it. Yeah. But it's really a savior job for one more year move by Rivera. Because if they go 10 and 7, he probably keeps his job. If they go 7 and 10, he's probably out. And they have a better chance at 10 wins with Wentz and no chance at a Super Bowl ever. Yeah. No, you're right. They're one of those teams that is very much stuck in purgatory. You know, they're they're either going to be 10 and 7 or 7 and 10. And yeah, like... A, a guy like Carson Wentz keeps you kind of, you know, capped in in that sort of yeah. a ceiling. But, uh, dude, I would... Oh, oh, a couple other quarterbacks in that tier. I was trying to remember who it was. Baker Mayfield's sure. in that tier of, like, if you have him, you want someone yeah. else. If if you look him from the outside, you're like, he might be fun. Yeah. I think Tua's probably going to end up in that yeah. tier. Yeah. Um, You know, decent NFL quarterback. Really frustrating if you have to watch him 17 games every See, I thought Cleveland was going to be the team that was going to make a big run at Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Um, you know, because I think those two guys would really have moved the needle for a Cleveland roster that kind of feels on the cusp, you know. Um, and I think you could have, you, you, you could have kind of paid a little bit less in pick capital throwing Baker Mayfield into the deal because I think he's still perceived as a a better, you know, uh, prospect than Drew Locke, obviously. Um, but Cleveland kind of kind of holds Pat. Uh, so ostensibly, they're not going to do anything. Uh, what do the Colts do? So the Colts, to me, actually do have a really compelling roster. You know, you've got an ascendant Jonathan Taylor um, you got a youngish wide receiver room with some upside, um, a pretty good offensive line, and a pretty good defense, and a ton of and cap a ton room. of cap room. Like that was before getting rid of Wentz. They had a ton of cap room. Now they have. I mean, they they have like that. That his his salary spot is where they would put a quarterback in. Yeah. I. It sounds like all the rumors are they're gonna they're gonna be the ones who try to trade for Garoppolo. Interesting. Which. I mean, I think Garoppolo is probably better than Wentz yeah. um, in kind of the grand results. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think Wentz is more talented probably, but Garoppolo does better for that team. Yeah. They get paid, they're, they both get paid about the same amount of money. So it's basically a, a, a quarterback swap. Yeah. 
you know, they gave up some picks to move from one guy to the other. Um, and, and San Fran pretty clearly wants to move off Garoppolo because they got Trey Lance waiting in the Mm -hmm. wings who they paid a lot for. So, I mean, and I think, I think Garoppolo and Indy, like if they, you know, if, if he's their guy for a few years, that might extend Frank Reich's opportunity there because he's the one who went to bat for Went. It didn't go very well. So he's kind of in a tenuous spot, but say they say they they get him and they move to eleven wins, yeah. which I think is perfectly feasible with that team. Um, that's, that's that's pretty solid, definitely. What does Carolina do? But not excited. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody gets excited about Garoppolo at this point, other than like the 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 local businesses who will use him for sponsorships because he's got a nice face and great oh, eyebrows. Dude, totally, they're going to love him in Indianapolis. I mean, super handsome guy. But yeah, so. To that point, I mean, it's 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 hard to get excited about a guy like that who just feels like a rental, you know, uh, rather than like a franchise guy that you're building around. Uh, but there's no franchise guy in this year's draft, um, and there are a lot of quarterback. I I could see Malik Willis being a franchise guy. That's we'll we'll get into a draft conversation yeah. probably closer to, but like he is. He man, talk about a boomer bust prospect, yeah. but I could see him being Lamar Jackson at Yeah. Stanford. Okay, so let's do like a minute on that. Compare him to Jalen Hurts. Because I think he actually has more upside as a passer than Jalen Hurts. He's maybe a little bit less dynamic as a runner, but I think, well, I think- I'd rather have him. You know, I'd rather have Malik Willis. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. I think so. I think Jalen Hurts is a good runner who's more he's more of a tough runner than he is an explosive runner. Like you don't see Jalen Hurts breaking away from guys for 40 and 50 yard yeah. runs. But if you need seven, he'll get you. Absolutely. Eight kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, Which is a really valuable. There's a, that's a valuable skill set. Yeah. to have. I think Willis runs more like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like he he's super fast. Mm-hmm. He's bigger than Murray, but like he's going to be more on the shifty side. And that's, I think in this, in today's NFL, that's more valuable because you don't want a quarterback who's taking a bunch of hits. You want the guy who's going to pick up the yards, break some plays, but, but not be lowering his shoulder and smashing into people. Yeah. That's a, that's a career shortener. He's a way better thrower. Yeah. Just physical talent than hurts he's a way better thrower physical talent than half the guys in the nfl right yeah now. i agree that doesn't mean he knows how to read a defense yeah. or run an offense but just from the ability to to chuck it and he's he, he doesn't he doesn't have bad accuracy yeah he he play, quarterbacks of his physical talent playing at that level are so hard to grade yeah because the teams around them are so bad yeah. and there's no guarantee that their coaching is good. And it's basically like a high school offense where it's like, I don't know, dude, go make some yeah. plays. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. It's interesting. So like you look at a team like Philadelphia who perceives itself as set at quarterback. Right. But I actually think Philly should be in the kind of creative acquiring a quarterback mindset this offseason. You know, and the fact that they aren't probably keeps them kind of ceiling to 10 and 7. See, now if if Philly had said Jalen Hurts a first and a second for Russell Wilson, A, their team, their team is 
top of that division in a Absolutely. second. Absolutely. So my question to you is, why don't you do that if you're Philly? And maybe they tried. I mean, they've got three first-round picks. They have Jalen Hurts. Who? Yeah, shoot! I would have traded Hurts in two of them. Sure, posts. absolutely. You know, just because I mean, because it, 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 Russell Wilson puts them in a position to compete for a Super Bowl immediately. Yeah, so it's astonishing to me that they didn't do this or that they didn't try to do it. And yeah, like throwing Jalen Hurts into that package feels like. You know, it feels like Seattle's still getting somebody with some meat left on the bone in terms of their career. Um, you know. And and that would have put Philly right at the top of that division. Um, yeah, I, it, it seems to me that a guy like Jalen Hurts or any quarterback on a rookie contract who's shown some promise to uh, yeah. um, Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts has been better than Tua, but like when Tua's been healthy, you're like, that's an NFL quarterback that'll yeah. work. You get guys like that, it they they are valuable trade chips. absolutely because it's if you're so say a team is giving up a. a a star quarterback, Seattle, mm-hmm. they need to fill that position or they're a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. No. And bringing in one of those guys is like, okay, it doesn't hurt our salary cap. Yeah. We can run, we can run an offense with this guy for the next year or two, kind of evaluate him. Mm-hmm. If they're the guy we run with him. If they're not, we draft or we find another option. Yeah. I don't, it, it's strange to me. I mean, maybe those offers were on the table and, and Seattle just liked Denver's offer. better. Yeah. Maybe they it wanted to be. get Russell out of the NFC. I don't know. But yeah, they, it. I don't understand why Philly didn't more aggressively go after somebody like Wilson. Dude, maybe they go after Kyler Murray. You know, I don't personally like Kyler Murray, but the perception of him is that he is a an ascendant player, a superstar, a franchise quarterback, what have you. Uh, and maybe it, it. He yeah, he strikes me a little bit as. Um, I mean. I could see him following the Cam Newton career yeah. arc where mm-hmm. he is one, you know, one or two years, he takes them very nearly to the brink of a title. Yeah. Then he just does a lot of stuff that statistically is anomalous and impressive. Yeah. You know, it's like a great fantasy quarterback. Yeah. But overall, he's like a 500 quarterback for his career in the end because yeah. he's because the NFL requires playing in a certain kind of structure and he seems incapable pretty, of doing pretty that. opposed to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incapable, opposed, not willing to put the time in whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Like he's a freelancer, you know, and it's almost like these unbelievably athletic guys have lived their lives being so athletically superior to their opposition that they almost can't play in structure. And the idea of doing that seems antithetical to who they are, but it's the thing that you have to do to survive in the NFL, regardless of who you are, you know, like Baltimore is going to have to figure this out. Um, because I think we're seeing, we're seeing the the closing of a certain window where Lamar Jackson just does jaw dropping things and like, you know, beats teams on the ground. Like teams have figured out, okay, don't, don't let your ends fly upfield. You know, make him throw outside the hash marks, and that's how you beat Lamar Jackson. And until he evolves, that's kind of going to be the narrative with him. Um, so that'll be interesting. Well, and the thing is, there there are models of how this works yeah. because, I mean, think back to Randall Cunningham. It's been a long yeah. time, but like Cunningham was a jaw dropping player who didn't have a ton of success. Yeah. And then later in his career, 
as his athleticism diminished a little bit, yeah. he was really washed yeah. up, went to Minnesota and was still very mobile, yeah. but but was a thrower. Yeah, totally. And became and became a really successful quarterback for a couple of years. Russell Wilson's the best current example. Mm-hmm. Like Russell Wilson could have been Kyler Murray. Yeah. But he was in an offense that pretty well restrained him for a while, which frustrated yeah. him. But it also put him in a position where now he's a real NFL quarterback. Yeah. Like he, I mean, I think he's really smart. I think he knows how to run a team. Yeah. I think he's, you know, all of that stuff. But uh, he, athleticism channeled rather than just sort of like go make plays. Yeah. And then because the NFL defensive coordinators and and teams are good enough that go make plays just doesn't work yeah. for very long. No, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. So real quick here, and I got to jump off the show. Um, stuck with Kirk Cousins for another year. Are are you? We're making our peace with that as a Vikings fan, or is, are you still holding out hope that something different could happen? Um, I would, holding out hope is too strong. I think there's an off chance. I mean, NFL teams have proven that they are they're not rational when it comes to quarterbacks. Carolina, yeah, could do all sorts of dumb things yeah. between now and whenever yeah. uh how the draft breaks you know maybe maybe pittsburgh yeah. maybe pittsburgh decides and the thing that but here's the thing if minnesota trades cousins and they don't get a starting quality quarterback in re- in return mm-hmm. they're they're just last year's denver broncos yeah you're in purgatory at that point you know and so it would it, it almost would require something that happens before the draft and then a draft pick is used on a guy yeah. Or it brings back somebody, a la Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. who is like, okay, we can, we can run with this. We can run the single wing with Jalen Hurts and Dalvin Cook and have him throw it yeah. nine times a game. That would actually be really interesting. Um, it would suck for Justin Jefferson. So it would, bad. dude. Like, yeah, he should have been drafted by the Eagles in the first yeah. place, and then he still would have had Jalen Hurts throwing right, to him. But right. uh, yeah, I so I I have not made peace with Kirk Cousins yeah. as my quarterback, nor am I hanging my hopes in anything. I'm just sort of. Mad. Yeah, I'm just just kind of mad about it. I get it. it. I mean, I think I think drafting Malik Willis should still be on the table for you guys. I don't know if he survives. He's, until if he's finished. there, yeah. he absolutely should yeah. be. But you know, that would be really interesting. Even if you are stuck with another year of Cousins, and then maybe you can start Malik Willis for the last six or seven weeks of the season after you're out of the playoffs. But um, you know, it'd be it would be interesting. But pipe, uh, I have to go. And we have done what we always do on this program in that we have wandered to and fro throughout some quarterback moves. And we have some baseball to talk soon. And uh, there's light at the end of the the labor strife tunnel. These are all good things. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed it, Pipe. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it or did you only make it part way? 
I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.